This morning, we ask that you would open our eyes. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes to be able to see the wonder, the wonder that is the work of the cross, where love was poured out for each and every single one of us. We don't deserve it, but still you sent your son, God. Open our eyes, Father God. Close our eyes, Lord Jesus, to the things of this world and open our eyes to the things of heaven. We want to see heaven. We want to see your kingdom come here on this earth. So open our eyes, Holy One, so that we can show the world what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Father, we just reverence you in this place. We reverence you. With fear and trembling, we come before your throne this morning, knowing that it is, it is a great honor and a great privilege that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. We just commit all that we are into your hands, Father God. We commit this service into your hands. And everybody said, and everybody said, come on, and everybody said, amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. There's a lot of beautiful people around you. Before you sit down, greet two or three of them. Everybody, it is my distinct honor to have you recognize with me the greatest pastoral team that a church could ever have. We're going to celebrate them. Let me introduce them, and then you can hit your feet in gratitude. But just, let me just say before I introduce them that the, the scope of ministry just can't be done without great leadership at every level. And any great organization, you can always put the rise or fall on the leadership, and it can't be one person. And so it takes this team to then administrate all the leadership for all of our dream teams and the ministries that happen literally day, sometimes, and night. 
And we want to take this day and say thank you to this team. Kelly and I have never been surrounded by such an incredible team of leaders. And I know you pray for them and I know you love them. But we need to set aside a day to look right at them and say from our heart, thank you. So to my left, to your right, Pastor Joel Thompson, the leader of our young adults. We love you so much. He is married to Ashley. She is with the children. They've been fighting a lot of sickness lately, and we're praying for them, but we love you and Ashley so much. Pastor Justin and Lauren Weaver, would you step up? Let us say thank you. Pastor Justin gives leadership to our outreach, both to our neighbors and the nations, and you're amazing at what you do. Step up, Pastor David and Lynette Laramie. They have returned to our team and giving great leadership with our social media and all of our connect groups. Thank you so much. Step up for me, Pastor Cody and Andrea Miller. You hear us talk about Growth Track. Cody leads Growth Track. He's a first impressions guy. He gives leadership to all of our host teams. So the list is very long what he does. And he does it all with such excellence. And we love you and Andrea and your family so much. Step up, Nicole and Scott Frederick. Nicole is the newest team member giving leadership to all of our community groups that meet on Sunday and then between Sundays. And you are a phenomenal gift to our team. We love you so much. Step up, Pastor Becky and her husband, Jimmy Fagan. She gives leadership to our elementary children, and I'll remain there because we want you to see this team that is ministering to one of the fastest growing areas of our church, and that is all of our children. You invested in a building, and if we didn't have that building today, we could not, absolutely not, house the number of children that are here today. So thank you for helping expand the reach of the vision. Step up, Pastor Jeff and Daphne Mead. Pastor Jeff serves on this team. He's going to be taking a, an, an increased emphasis in recruitment because we need you to serve on one of these teams ministering to early childhood or elementary. Uh, please pray about that. And uh, let me just go ahead and answer. The answer is yes. So see him today. Step up Allison and her husband, Mark. Allison Wynn. She prepares all of the discipleship, the teachers, and the classes, and curriculum where we can take these children on a journey of shaping their concept of Jesus and, and their faith at the earliest age. Passing on that baton in an effective way, and you are the best. Thank you so much. Early childhood nursery and preschool is Crystal Lee. This is her husband, William. <clears throat> Crystal has an extraordinary gift of leadership and it's matched by her heart for Jesus and these children and you guys you're a dynamic duo love you love your family so much next to them is Grace and Matt Darris if you'll step up please one year ago we presented to you the vision of Champions, a ministry to those with special needs. And we needed a leader, 
and Grace was the obvious choice, and she's done a great job getting that ministry launched and effective. Standing next to her is her husband, Pastor Matt Darris, who is over all of our media. He is extraordinarily gifted, and matching that gift is his commitment to you and us as a church. We love you guys. Love you so much. We're going we're gonna to part the waters like Moses did the Red Sea. It's a miracle of biblical proportions. You guys will come this way. And then, Dan, when it comes to you, if y'all step to that side of the keyboard. This is Dr. Lori Kelly and her husband, Mike. <laughs> Dr. Lori Kelly is the new director of Small World Learning Center. Uh, someday you ought to take a tour of Small World. We're renovating. Uh, as much as happening to the vision as is happening to the building, it is growing. We're starting to get waiting lists. Small world is the best because we have the best in leadership. Thank you, Dr. Kelly, and thank you, Mike. Next is the superintendent. In the early service, I called him the general superintendent. Now, for those that are assemblies of God, you know we've got the general superintendent coming this week to speak. But So this is the superintendent of Summit Christian Academy, Mr. Dan Giddens and his wife, Gina. When you, if you say, tell me about Dan, immediately, godly, focused, persevering, and totally given to the call of Summit Christian Academy. That's why we're having our best year. Uh, we, we just hosted the regional tournament because our volleyball team is just that awesome and they won the regional tournament and are going to state. <laughs> you know what? I just claim in Jesus' name we'll be standing here next Sunday holding up the state tournament trophy right here. Yes, so be it. Even so. Thank you guys. Stepping up just a family that this church could not do without. You talk about strength of leadership, incredible expertise, insightfulness, just one of the smartest people I've ever met. That's Pastor Devin Rohr. We love him so much. He is married to Tanya, who is just an absolute delight. We love you guys, and thank you for all that you are. Step up, please, Pastor Jason Berry and his wife, Mindy. Pastor Jason, the, you know, these three executive pastors, they're just so gifted. He is so great. So he's over all of our IT. He is then directing with me the vision of our schools, both Small World and Summit, helping uh, me connect as best I can with Dan and Lori. And we are moving forward in greater momentum. He is the guy that just can make it happen. Whatever the initiative is, he makes it better. And there's just a gift to come alongside of me and to take my ideas and they become something that they would never become without him. Thank you, Pastor Jason and Mindy. Garrison, if you will step up. Since Garrison could basically walk, he's been on the worship team because he, he's just that gifted. This guy, I, I could talk about him all day. His heart matches his gifting. You know, your character or your gift can take you where your character can't keep you. But in this case, he keeps growing in his godliness and it supports the incredible gift God has given him as one of our worship team leaders. And Susie's right here. She's part of that team. You guys just bring it 
all the time. Love you, love you, love you, love you. There's way too many people on this stage for them to report just to me. A majority of them report to Pastor Barry Simon. He is a systems genius, is what I call it. He is so thoughtful. He's a listener. He is quick to hear, and he gives wisdom to all of us. He's got such a deep concern for the health and the growth of this church. Without Pastor Barry and Stephanie, there would just be something missing that would be so hard to replace. Pastor Barry and Stephanie, step up. Let us say we love you. This is your pastoral team. Would you let them know how much you love them today? Come on. Let's hear it for them. That's it. Keep it going. They deserve it. Pour it out for them today. Thank you. They are deserving of that and so much more. And I just want to say, I will not be able to say this without feeling it. That's just the way that I am. But these are precious people. And it's one thing to work together. It's another thing to war together. And when you need someone to stand with you and really trust God, on your behalf, these people will do it. There is some total of so much giftedness. It would, we could literally talk all day about each one. But their heart and their testimony and the things that they've walked through and what the Lord has done in their lives and then how we can stand together. We don't get to play together as much as we would like. But the deep love is there. And their commitment to the Lord for themselves personally and to you, this church family, and to this incredible community that we are blessed to live in. This church is here to make a difference. And uh, when you think about them, pray for them. Write their names down. There may be some that you're more familiar with than others, but I just encourage you to, to step out and just walk up to someone, one of this team that you don't know as well. Chances are they want to know that about you too, right? <laughs> and just introduce yourself and connect and get to know them. Um, just a wealth of testimony and God's grace on this platform right now. We honor them and we uh, appreciate them and love them deeply. So thank you. Uh, once again, could we just show them our love today? Thank you guys. There is a gift that they are all receiving from you. It's a financial expression of gratitude that they're worthy of receiving. So thank you for your generosity so we can express that to them. These four locations are the places for your cards to just where you've written something uh, to say thanks. We love them so much. Now, I'm going to start preaching right now so you won't think this is going to be a really long service. But I'm going to preach the announcements. Is that all right? You know you're excited about church when you can preach the announcements. They are that good. Are you ready? Okay. We want you to get ready for the 100-year anniversary. We're just going to, let's just open it right now. The 100-year party starts today. 
We want you to be here this Thursday. From my heart, I'm inviting you as your pastor. If you call this your church, I, I need you to honor the relationship that you and I have with your attendance Thursday night because it's important for us to know the story. Thursday night is called the story. You will see it. You will hear it. It will blow your mind to see the interviews and to receive the worship and the word. God's going to fill this place. And I just believe as we reflect, something very extraordinary is going to happen. That's Thursday night at 7, so please be there. And the Impact Student Reunion is Friday at 8 o'clock. It'll go until 11, or we can go a lot later. We'll just go until we're done. Cool? And then on Saturday, it's the Southern Gospel Worship Experience at 545. But we've invited the Goodman Revival. They are the perfect guests for this event. And this place will be jam-packed if you want to come. Get here early so that you can get a great seat. And Dr. Mark Rutland will just kick us forward into all God has for us next Sunday morning, 9 and 1045. We will end the vision month of October and go into the first Sunday of November with our Generosity Sunday. In the last three years, we've done this. And, and get a clap offering ready. You've given over $100,000 in an offering on that Sunday for the last three years. Each year, $100,000. It's, it's like unprecedented. I want you to know we're doing that again. And I want you to know where the money goes. I think it motivates you to give. It gives you a way to pray about the seeds you're going to sow. The first is to missionaries. We are supporting missionaries by the month. But we have a couple that have just accepted like the call to go to the mission field. Three years ago, Rod and Shelly Ulenfeld went to Malawi. They went again last year and this year. And they said, you know, we feel to sell out everything we have and go and give ourselves to the ministry of the orphanage, the school, and the entire 84-acre campus there in Malawi. So they came home, put their house on the market. Their house sold just a few weeks ago. They're selling their cars. Hey, they're dogs for sale. Somebody give that dog a home. Uh, they, they, they're ready. And at the end of this month, their plane tickets are bought. And they are our newest missionaries. Rod and Shelley stand. They're right back here. Here they are. So proud of you guys. And they're our newest missionaries. And this offering is going to allow us to sow a seed that will help them uh, pay for the cost of their first year on the field. We're going to do that. It's going to be awesome. We support missionaries like Kevin Harden. Would you stand? He leads China Call. He just came back from China. And in this last trip, 13 people accepted Jesus, and that's the greatest testimony and report we could give. 13 people in a very unique place of ministry, and we love you and respect what you're doing. And this offering helps us to sow seed into China Call. We have projects that we're going to do. Joyride is coming. Joyride Part 2. You say, well, what is that? We buy 500 bicycles. We bring in foster care families, and we give 500 bicycles to 500 foster care children. It's one of the great things that we do. 
that is coming, and this offering will underwrite the cost of that incredible expression of love to all of these children and students. In February, we will do Night to Shine. It is the prom for special needs. It is the highlight. It is, it's amazing. This experience is one that you have to attend. We had 300 guests last year. It's one of the largest in the nation, and we're just three years into it. You can join the team, but we need you to give in this generosity offering because this costs tens of thousands of dollars, and we pay for everything so that our honored guests can come in and feel like royalty on that night. We love doing this. However, until your generosity last year, we would do this once a year and tell all of our guests, hey, we'll see you next year. But your generosity last year allowed us to renovate four rooms upstairs and start the champion's ministry that's for special needs. So now when we do Night to Shine, we don't have to say see you next year. We say we'll see you this Sunday because of your heart. So generosity supports and underwrites the cost. Back in the 1950s, Pastor Dodd was the point person for the Red Cross. And I want to switch now to our heart to help those warriors who've served us on the front lines of battle. But let me tie it to church history. Pastor Dodd would go as the point person for the Red Cross. And he would have to say to families the news of the loss of their loved one. And he would care for them and this church would come around them. Many people in our church were deployed in the 50s. They were serving in this church and had to go and be on the front lines. We've always had a heart for the military. And we have found what to us is the best way to express our love and support through the Mighty Oaks Foundation. This picture will stay up. Chad Robichaux leads this ministry. He is a veteran. He has been gifted by God. It's like a supernatural gift on his life to help these warriors. He now spends as much time with those who are being deployed as he does with those who are coming home. He's built such a, an incredible team helping those coming home that he's devoting more and more of his time and he's ordered by our military to get in front of these young warriors and talk to them about this truth before they go. 24 of our warriors commit suicide every day. That's unacceptable. Of the over 1,000 that have come through the Mighty Oaks program, not one of them have been lost to suicide. It's making a difference, and we're involved. These are some of the warriors that stood on this platform a year ago that went through the Resiliency Week. We underwrite the cost every year of one week. It's a minimum of $25,000. It's one of the greatest offerings we give so that these warriors can find peace and a future and a hope. So that is an idea of what the generosity offering will do. Can I tell you one more? We've been 10 years in this house and it's an amazing house. But just like your house, after 10 years, you have to make some improvements. Maybe some carpet needs to be replaced. Walls need to be painted. You need to upgrade. Imagine when you come in the back of our building, in the new building, 
and the new flooring meets where for the last 10 years we've had the tile flooring come in and you make your way up to the old nursery check-in where the coffee bar is. You can go left or right, come around these hallways to the front lobbies and the hallway that connects the building. We want to renovate where the new meets the old. Coming in around these hallways, floor to ceiling, all new lobby, renovation. And in the back where we have the coffee bar, we want to take down the wall and create a gathering place. I want to show you a concept. This is not exact. Our architect is just starting to work on this. But this is a concept of what it's going to be like. As you come in, it's going to open up. And it's, it's going to be this on steroids. Or should I say double shot latte, whatever y'all get. I'm not a coffee guy. I'm just sure it's going to be powerful. Five-hour energy, whatever. Pentecostal liquor, and I'm on a roll. I'm riffing. I must stop. So this is just an idea of this gathering place. And because of your generosity this year, we are like ahead of pace with neighbors and nations, which is amazing. And so we're going to add to this generosity offering this project because we're not going to take out any kind of a loan. We're going to pay cash for this, and we're just going to do it. And we're going to make our house ready for the future. Come on. That's what generosity offering is going to be about. As the ushers come, we'll take up today's tithe. But just remember, the first Sunday of November is the generosity offering that will underwrite the cost of forward vision. So be praying about that. And let's get ready to go way north of $100,000. Thank you, Jesus, for the best church ever. Thank you, Lord, for our opportunity to love and serve people. Thank you for salvation that is such a gift to us that it offers eternal life. Now we live to make that known. God, we've got to take care of this place. The light that shines the farthest has to shine the brightest at home. So we want to care for this incredible facility you've given us. And Lord, we're going to do that to missionary support in Jesus' name. And everybody said... As I watch us pass the offering bucket and then so many of you give online, uh, thank you. Thank you for being so generous that as we watch these weather patterns be so destructive, we were ready in advance to support the first initiative that would offer help to those in Texas, Florida, and then now around the world. It couldn't happen without faithfulness. We can't be like occasional stewards. We're stewards on a daily, weekly basis. I just feel so much. You got to understand my, my heart's about to explode because I'm so excited about where we are. And I believe this. I didn't say this in the first service, but I believe 
one of my assignments. It's not to be a strategist. It's to be an opportunist. And if we can stay in a position of strength, God gives opportunity. And we can say yes. We can walk through the door. I look at my personal life. There have been times I was not in a place of strength. I was in a place of weakness. And I couldn't respond the way I wanted to to an opportunity that I knew God was putting in front of me. A church can be the same way. If we operate in a deficit, if we operate from a position of weakness, then God puts before us an open door and we have to say, we just can't do it. I want to be in a position of strength, and we are, so that when Arad and Shelley Uhlenfeld says, we're selling out, we're making the ultimate sacrifice and we're going, we can say, then we want to go with you in provision of the vision. When, when devastation hits and people's lives are radically changed, we don't want to have to say, Sunday, get here so we can raise some money. We want to respond immediately. Thank you, thank you for allowing us to just respond to God-ordained opportunity. I start the 100-year anniversary with Psalm 115, verse 1. It says, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name, be the glory. We are a great church, and here's the reason. Because we serve a great God. To God be the glory. There is something that we find from Genesis to Revelation, and it is a, a truth thread throughout Scripture. And it's the importance of remembering where God has brought us. It's the importance of never forgetting the goodness, faithfulness, provision of God in our past so that we can be grateful and so that we can be expectant. Here's what Moses challenged the people to do in Deuteronomy, and it's still true today. When God, your God, ushers you into the land, he promised you through the ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you you're going to walk into large, bustling cities you didn't build. Well-furnished houses you didn't buy. Come up on wells you didn't dig. Vineyards and olive orchards you didn't plant. Let me stop right there for a moment. He's saying, you're going into blessing. You're going to have an opportunity to sow for the future. But you're going to walk into a future that was on the backs of other people. When you take it all in and settle down, pleased and content, here it is, make sure you don't forget how you got there. What we are about to do is say, let's be reminded of how this all started. Let's reflect on the steps and faithfulness of God that has gotten us to where we are. We are so extraordinarily blessed. Children are being housed in the best of children's ministry facility today. And they didn't have the ability to give to it. You did. But the day will come where they will be at a place where they start sowing seed. But right now, they're blessed out of your generosity. But you and I are blessed on the generosity and vision of those who've gone before us. I challenge you to see the, the spiritual truth of remembering. 
God brought you out of slavery in Egypt. So it passes to Joshua. Joshua gets the green light. It's time to lead the people across the Jordan. He's then going to take on the city of Jericho. They have to possess the land. The land was promised, but they had to possess it. The only way to possess it was to fight. However, we never are told about Joshua's military plan. And we're not told about how many soldiers that he has. Because the Bible wants us to see that this possession of the future is way more spiritual than physical. So when Joshua leads the people across the Jordan River, he doesn't talk about battle strategy. He wants to lead them in a practice that I never saw the depth of it until I approached this service and made preparation for today. Let me read it and then I'll explain. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, hey, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. His first action was to lead a group of people to stack up stones as a memorial so that in the future, as people say, hey, what do these mean? They could say, the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. So he's saying, remember, here's the spiritual power of this that I want to pass on to you. It's not enough just to go back and hear the stories. There is a spiritual dynamic in remembering. If you take where Moses said in Deuteronomy, to remember, where Joshua says, remember, in the Hebrew, you get the picture of a seed. Remembering is a seed. That if that seed of remembering gets planted in you and me, then the power that was in the seed of what God did then is resident in the memory seed that gets planted in you and me for God to do it again. We're not just remembering for the sake of remembering. We are remembering because there's something spiritually powerful. Think about it on the dark side. If you have a very painful memory and you don't overcome that by God's grace, then every time you reflect on that, you begin to walk in the threat, the damage, the prison of that experience. Because that seed of memory has power. And if you don't deal with it, you don't walk free from it. You may more quickly identify with how that works. But now look at it from a godly perspective as we remember our history. It's not just to say, wow, because that's appropriate and way to go and we're so grateful. It's for that memory seed to get planted in us so that our vision which will be the harvest on that seed, which will be way greater than the seed because there's always more harvest than you could ever imagine in the seed. 
I'm calling you as your pastor to be here on Thursday night because the Holy Spirit, through looking at the story, wants to plant heart deep in this church a vision seed for the future until we say our past is a prophet to our future. The same God who led them across the Red Sea and the Jordan River is the same God of our history, and he will be faithful in leading us where we're going. Go back with me to 1914, and Broken Arrow was a very rural place, and the Methodists had purchased a tent, and they're going to conduct a revival with the hopes of reaching people. They had an evangelist. He was ready to go. However, just before the revival was to start, they discovered the evangelist was gambling. Not good. So they canceled the revival. And now here the Methodists have this amazing tent. And they don't reschedule. In the meantime, Sister Pope, her father-in-law had received Christ. He had a passion to reach people. So she calls him and says, hey, the Methodists have a tent. I think you should check into it. He gets on a train in Tulsa and takes the train to Broken Arrow. It was a 15-mile train ride. He gets off the train meets with the Methodists, and when it's all over, he is the new owner of the tent. He starts a revival. Remember, he's a young believer, just passionate to reach people. God's anointing him. People start getting saved. And like, it has such momentum that it needs to keep going. But he says to people, I don't know what else to preach. Like, I'm a new convert. I basically said everything I know. So they called in an evangelist from, of course, Arkansas. <laughs> yes, and that evangelist from Arkansas comes and continues the revival. Man, this thing starts burgeoning. And so these people that are getting saved over time say, you know, we need to like form. We need to affiliate. And I am holding the certificate of affiliation that was signed in 1917 where this church became an official church with the Assemblies of God, and it all was birthed out of evangelistic passion. That's what we're built on. And it will always be okay for a new convert to get so excited that you take a bold step of faith and reach people with the grace that God has reached you with. We just keep it going. We keep it going. It's an amazing history. Man, God just started moving and this church started growing. And I'm just giving you a little, a little taste, just a glimpse. You're going to see this almost like an, in documentary form on Thursday. But this picture takes us up to the 1950s. This is over 900 people packed in a sanctuary. And on that Sunday in 1952... They had over 900 in Sunday school. Come on and celebrate that amazing accomplishment. 
Pastor Dodd was leading the church, and you'll see him on video. You, you will hear his passion sharing about this experience. And this was like a monumental day. But the very next day, the church burns to the ground. And so here they had just kind of gone here in the, the zenith of what God was doing to be attacked. And I have said it and I've heard Brother Dodd say it. As pastors, you always want to pastor a church on fire. That's just not the idea that you have in mind. So the church burns to the ground. You will see pictures of Howard Fisher with a hose fighting that fire. People behind him hosing him down as he's fighting the heat coming off the fire. The next day, the church comes around there grieving. But man, it, it, just the resolve comes across the people of the church. And you will hear some say, before the bricks were cold, we were cleaning up and we started rebuilding. The local school allowed the church to come into an auditorium on that Sunday. And Pastor Dodd, you'll, you'll see him on video saying, it's like we were heartbroken and we were grieving, but the Spirit of the Lord moved in and just gave us such a spirit of perseverance. And so we started rebuilding, and they built it back even greater than before. We are standing on the shoulders of spiritual life, spiritual passion, perseverance, just that good old-fashioned grit on the inside to say, devil, if you thought this was going to stop us or slow us down, you have made a huge mistake, like a tactical error happened in the war room of hell. We're going to redouble our efforts, and we'll be greater than we've ever been before. That's what we're built on. That's the kind of seed of vision that gets planted in the heart of a church. That's our DNA. We want to keep thriving and keep growing. You know, when David, when David was going to fight Goliath, he says, look, King Saul, I can't stand this giant defying God. I will fight him. And David found the courage to go forward and face the present giant by looking backwards. And David, you, you've heard him say it. For the same God who gave me the lion and the bear is the same God that will give this giant into my hands. That's what memory's about. It's about making deposits in the victory bank so that when you come into a present challenge and the giant steps in your path and you don't know what you're going to do, you make a withdrawal on God's past faithfulness until you stand in a supernatural faith and say to the present giant, God is going to give you over into my hands. For the battle is the Lord's. For the, feel the preach coming on. For the same God who gave me the lion and the bear is the same God. Shout same God. Is the same God who's going to give this giant over. In our culture today, we are confronted with giants. We have a culture that is out of control. We are living in demonic times. 
but I want to preach it today. The end times will not happen to us. We will happen to the end times because the same God who brought us this far is the God who give us power and passion for present day ministry responsibility. Stack up the stones. Say, what do they mean? Come into the story. The memory gets planted like a seed. The harvest is vision and power for God to do more than he has ever done. You know, people started getting saved in the early days and just, if you look for a thread that runs through the DNA of the church, it's a passion for the lost. It is the reason that our vision is to serve neighbors and nations, to love God and love people, to love those who live across the street and love those who live across the world, to keep that same fire burning for one more person to accept Christ as their Savior. For Kevin Harden, who just came back from China, and those 13 people accepted Jesus, you know, we, we had a small part in that. He goes and he is there serving. And now there are 13 names written in the Lamb's Book of Life that weren't there before he went. And we were a part of that. On Sunday night, we have what's called city groups. It's our student ministry small groups. And we have almost 100 people going every Sunday night. And last Sunday night at one of our city groups, a teenager said, I want to accept Jesus Christ and receive salvation last Sunday night. There's no better news than that. It's just the best and it gives us that the I once was, but now I am kind of testimony. Do you know we have 100 years of testimony? And the devil has no response to a testimony. There's nothing he can do when it comes to a testimony. That's why John said we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We're going to turn these hallways from one side all the way around to the other as they walk down the memory lane of God's faithfulness. Chronologically, you will see the story from its beginning to where we are today. It is like a trophy case of God's faithfulness and power. It is a 100-year testimony that should say to us, no weapon formed against us has been able to prosper and no weapon formed against us will prosper. Think of the attacks of the enemy over the last 100 years. But here we are, still worshiping, still pursuing, still believing, still serving, still giving, still going, still devoted, still on fire, still the church, still being what God has called us, still being what God has called us to be. We are the church of the living God, the redeemed of the Lord. This seed of memory, I feel it getting planted even now. Look at Psalm 106. This will get in your spirit right here. Just let, let the word rush in. Oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I will bless his holy name like it can get all the way to your feet. Matter of fact, if your testimony hasn't ever gotten you excited, you need to go back and reflect on where God found you. 
Oh, my soul, bless God. And don't forget a single blessing. Because memory is a spiritual seed that has power. Now notice what he does. He forgives your sins, everyone. I'm just going to let that sink in. Not some, every one of them. His sacrifice was that amazing. The cross was complete. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. It is well, it is well with my soul. Is that your testimony today? Forgiven. He heals your diseases, everyone. He redeems you from hell. Get that. We just weren't saved to a a better life. We weren't saved by grace for good people to get better, but spiritually dead people to come alive. Saved from eternal separation in the lake of fire, a place called hell, to a full eternity in heaven, a place prepared for us. He redeems you from hell. He saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy, and it's a paradise crown. Oh, I feel the elevator going to the top. He wraps you, he wraps you in goodness. Beauty eternal. Now I can get excited about this one. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. You know, I, I spend a lot of time with these students, and honestly, if you get around younger people, it'll make you feel younger. It will. I love it. I highly recommend it. But I want to tell you, there's nothing that renews like the spirit of newness. There's nothing. Paul said, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. Man, the gospel says, they that wait upon the Lord, preach with me today. They shall what? Renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like an eagle. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Here's what I tell the devil. I'm way too old to run slow. I've got too much to do. The the, the clock is ticking. Jesus is coming. I'm not going to wake up in the morning and go, man, what is the devil going to do today? Mm -mm. I want to wake up, and when I pull out of the driveway, I want the devil to say, oh, man. Oh, no, he's on the road again. I want the devil. We're not afraid of him. Come on, he's been defeated. I know he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's why the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Come on, church. Praise him for his glorious power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Thank you, Jesus. I got to scoot this back. I got to have some room. Look at this. This is the word. God makes everything come out right. You may be in a dark time right now. We've been in a dark time over the seasons of life. And I'm telling you, this is true. God makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. I'm standing. I'm marching again. 
I'm back in the race. I'm back on my feet. I'm still loving Jesus. I'm still on my way. I'm still carrying the mantle of the anointing. He puts us back on our feet. Come on and praise him today. Hallelujah. The worship team can come back. Come on, give him a great praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and praise him. There's victory in your praise. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Just stand in his presence. Just stand in the victory. You know what it is to get knocked down. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He's the stand-up and the recovery. He's the reason we're standing. He's the reason we are succeeding. He's the reason we're who we are and where we are. Like David, I want to shout it. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Thank you, Jesus, for being faithful, for watching over us. You never sleep, you never slumber. Thank you, Lord, for taking the night shift. Thank you for when I was confused and broken and didn't have a clue how something was going to go, you stepped in. Now, right now, some of you need to make a withdrawal from the victory bank. You're going through something right now. Draw on the faithfulness of God in your past. That's it, just receive it. It's happening now. That's a seed, see? You're remembering, and it's a seed. It has power. And it says, what God did then, he can do it again. He can do it again. We're going to have a sanctified memory. We're not going to let our memory be used by the devil to remind us of every painful, difficult, dark moment where we live in discouragement and depression and fear. And we're going to let our memory be sanctified where we see the goodness of God, where we see how God brought us. And if he hadn't, we wouldn't be here. Where God lifted us up, where God made a way, where God came through. You didn't know. You thought it was done. But God came and made a way where there was no way. Yeah, that's the seed that's getting planted so you can live in hope expectancy, purpose, vision, joy, peace, momentum. That's the harvest off the memory seed. Hallelujah. Come on, go all the way back to the cross. See him broken, beaten, crucified. But now journey as they take him and put him in the borrowed tomb. It's Friday. It was anything but good. They roll the stone and it's sealed with that Roman imperial seal. Guards are posted. It's done. It's over. Hope's dashed. Jesus is dead. But it's Friday. 
There was a lot of activity going on between Friday and Sunday because the Bible says that he went into the heart of the earth and he literally took the keys of death and hell right from the grip of Satan. And on Sunday morning, he rose. Just imagine it. Go back. He rises with the keys of death and hell. And then Mary goes early that morning. She's not going to celebrate a resurrection. She's going to make final prep for the dead body of Jesus. But when she gets there, the stone has been rolled away. Jesus has risen. And there's an angel saying some of the most incredible words. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? For he has risen just as he said. What has he said to you? He's as faithful to watch over that word as he was to faithful to watch over the plan of God for the resurrection, triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. Somebody here today, you're going to walk in the harvest of that seed of faithfulness planted in your heart today. You're coming back. I told the students on Wednesday night, it was a word from the Lord. I say it again. Some of you feel buried, but we're going to reframe that. You're not buried. You're planted. When we plant something, yes, there's the pressure of the dirt and there's the darkness of the planting. But we know built within the DNA of the seed is that power that says it's coming back. It's not buried, it's planted. You may have felt buried by past circumstance. I would say you've just been planted and you're going to come forth in harvest like you could never imagine. Hallelujah. I claim over your life the word from Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 that says what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. You're coming back. You're coming back. You're coming back. You're coming back. Hallelujah. Go ahead and celebrate. You're coming back. You're coming back. Hallelujah. Worship team, come up here with me. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing this incredibly powerful chorus. Speaks of the holiness of God. He's here. His holiness is in this room. His power is present. If you have felt buried... And you just want to reframe it and realize you're planted and you're coming back as we sing this come. If you've been discouraged for any reason, I want you to come to this altar. We're going to make a withdrawal on the past faithfulness of God to inform your present situation that you're coming through. You're coming through. You ready? In Jesus' name, Lord, I want miracles to happen. God, I want breakthroughs to happen. I want you to do something so significant that we're never the same again. In Jesus' name, begin to come. Open up my heart, my God.
the presence of the Lord is here and where the spirit of the Lord is there's liberty you feel the lift in your soul you feel the that work of the Lord he's just setting you free you thought you were down and out 
but you're not. You're just planted and you're coming back. Even now. God, some, they need their memory. You will never not have our memories, but they can be sanctified. They can be, they can become useful. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that every dark, difficult memory of the past that Satan has used to keep us discouraged and in fear, I pray that that memory would be healed to where we see, yet you've kept us. You've kept us. We're still here. And if it didn't kill us, we get to use it. Hallelujah. It can be turned to inform us of who you are, to inform us with a spiritual perseverance. It can be turned into a platform upon which we stand to talk about the faithfulness of God to bring us from such a dark place to where we are. It was just a chapter. It wasn't the whole book. It was just a chapter. And there's so many more chapters, and today a new chapter starts. In the name of Jesus, know that you are forgiven. You confess your sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive you. You are forgiven. You're you're clean. That same power in which you are forgiven by Jesus is now the capacity for you to forgive yourself. In that capacity is where you forgive others. And you move on. You move on. And the memory is marked by the power of Jesus to free you from the bondage of bitterness, the prison of unforgiveness. And where you were wounded, it's now just a scar. And it reminds you of what God brought you from. It's a testimony that God was greater. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. On the night of Jesus' resurrection, he stepped into a room with his disciples and he showed them his scars. He didn't talk about bitterness for what had happened to him. They were a sign of what he had overcome. They went to Thomas, and Thomas said, I'm not going to believe until I see the scars. And eight days later, Jesus said, look, Thomas. And it took a doubter who had been following Jesus for three years, but when he saw Jesus die on the cross, it broke him internally. It broke him. Listen to me. Somebody's been broken been broken on the inside just as he said to Thomas Thomas look at these scars go ahead and touch them 
Hear Isaiah prophesying through the ages by his stripes. We are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, by his scars, we are healed. Healing comes to you now. And guess what? Somebody else gets healed because of your scars. Because of your story. It's going to resonate with them and turn them to Jesus. Because God takes what the enemy meant for evil. And he turns it for good. Listen to the saving of many people. Holy Spirit, rush into our hearts with this right now. Impact it to our hearts by the power of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you receive that, just say a good amen today. Now, don't you look up here to me. I want everybody looking this way. You can stay kneeling if you're kneeling, but I, I want you to hear this. I'm going to make an announcement on October 29th. And I won't tell you exactly what it is. I really want to, but I'm going to save the essence of it. But let me tell you where it comes from. I've got a stirring in my heart for the purpose of freedom. I want us to walk in freedom. We can walk in freedom. Too many people are hung up with habits that are destructive. We've got uphill values, but we've got downhill habits. So we don't get the life we know we're supposed to have. We're going to confront that head on. Freedom. If you look at the history of the church, you're going to see an amazing community because we need each other. We need each other. We need each other. So you'll see the importance of community and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are going to launch a ministry that'll start in January that's gonna combine the power of community with a focus on freedom, with a specific desire for the power of the Holy Spirit to rush into these areas that have been cleansed, where we've been experienced freedom. Now we need power to walk out the freedom that God has given us. Listen, as a pastor, I don't know what comes to your mind when you say that word, but here's what I would like for, for you to think of me as a pastor, as a tour guide. Come with me on a journey. And if you'll take this journey, we're gonna go to a new place in freedom and, and Holy Spirit power. And I think we should enter our 101st year at our strongest at our most dynamic, at our most empowered for the future that God has for us. But it all starts with this remembrance. Looking back and giving honor and watching how the Holy Spirit's going to plant that. He did it even today. Even today. Even today. Because there are people who need Jesus. Griffin, I know. I know why you came to the altar today. And you're a light. He goes to Broken Arrow. And you're there. And we pray for you. As people watch you, I know you're carrying a burden. But even now, you feel the Holy Spirit's comfort. And you will comfort others with the same comfort which the Holy Spirit has comforted you. 
You're going to do more ministry this week at your school than you've ever done. And you've been an amazing witness. You've been an amazing testimony. But for such a time as this, Griffin, for such a time as this, Lord Jesus, I pray for this school. I pray for the student body. We let Griffin just stand in a place of representation of all of our students who are part of that school and they're going to give witness. They're going to point people to you. Because we don't just go to church, we are the church. And our dispersing is going to be even more powerful than our gathering. As we leave here, we go to every neighborhood. We go to places of business, to every school. And we are who we are. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We come in as ministers. And you make us equipped for the moment. Griffin will be equipped by the Holy Spirit. As well as the other students in that school who love you and know you. To help others walk this out. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We need to sing it again. Just with hands lifted, let's worship. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those. the Holy Spirit is in this place he's here he's here next Sunday morning Sister Pope 99 years old is going to walk out on this platform she's going to give you a good word to keep this flame burning to keep the passion for the lost and your love for Jesus it will be profound Let's honor what God is doing by being here. The doors will open at 6 o'clock for you to enjoy everything around the auditorium. Auditorium doors swing wide at 6.30 and at 7 o'clock. I want us all here. Hearts open, expectation high. And we're going to worship, celebrate, remember. And by the time we come to the conclusion, only God knows 
how he's going to orchestrate the work of his spirit in that moment. I just know in my heart it's going to be supernatural. Let's walk in this, walk in this grace. I want you to encourage one another as you leave today. It's been so good to see all of you. This, this is incredible. I just want, I feel like the Mount of Transfiguration. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Just want to stay in this atmosphere. It's just so rich. Encourage one another in the Lord, and God bless you as you're dismissed.